0: Well, hi there. Happy holiday, strategist listeners. The time has come once again for your non-denominational, exclusively inclusive holiday spectacular. Wow. Is that you carving a turkey? Amazing work there. Why are you carving it so early? It's not even Christmas. And man, that turkey probably cost you more than it did last year. Food prices, am I right? And wait, is that your partner watching TikTok memes after having lost all your household wealth and retirement on crypto? Life. Am I right? Regardless, grab your kids, maybe some lukewarm discount eggnog, and any semblance of hope you have left. Now burn it all because it's time for the strategist holiday spectacular brought to you by Flair Airlines. My name is Zane Velge, and with me, as it's always, not yeah. are our, our, our yeah, no, let get to it. Our strategist, flight attendants, Corey Hogan and Stephen Carter. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? It is time. The renowned tradition known as the Strategist Holiday Spectacular, which for the second year in a row is sponsored by Flair Airlines, um, is, it, it, is it, ready to take off, Carter. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know what that means. Uh, I feel like it means it pro- gonna gonna we're going right? to be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be here We're going to be here a while. We're going to absolutely be here a while. Um, if you are indeed on a tarmac, or if you are indeed in an airport listening to this episode, if you can send proof of life and proof of that occurring we might give you two weeks free of a Patreon subscription. Corey will figure that out, okay? Corey will figure that out. Um, it's money out of our pocket, but it's, it's the irony that we appreciate. Uh, Corey, I'm not going to waste any time. This episode is packed. It's packed with insights. It's packed with a year of review. But it is also, it is also prescient. Do you know why, Corey? Because it predicts the future. This is the episode that predicts how white Christmas will be. And let's move it on to our first segment. Our first segment, How White. That is right. For the twelfth year in a row, we're gonna start off with our annual strategist holiday spectacular tradition. Now, if you're new to the show, welcome. But Corey, you know the roles. This is a ten question quiz for Steven Carter. Oh gosh. He has Here we go. a ten question quiz every year to judge how white he is. Yeah. The answer to every single one of these questions are non white people. And if <laughs> Carter gets a score of six or lower, we know it's gonna be a white Christmas. Okay, Corey. Now oh you, of God. course, keeping keeping in the theme are gonna be our Vanna White, okay? You will actually keep score. For Stephen Carter, right? I'll be asking the oh, question. I can do Stephen this. Carter will be answering yeah. the question. This has been a 100% perfect predictor of whether we're going to have a white Christmas or not. So Stephen, 10 questions on the board. All you have to do is simply answer them. There's just a bunch of non-white could people. go wrong? You answer their names. You pronounce it correctly. Pronounce it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of... Yes, what? Carter. We, we, we let it slide in 2019 and 2018 when you, when you said, it doesn't matter how you pronounce your name. The world has changed. In the last oh couple of years, God. Carter, you have to pronounce these names correctly and you have to get the answer wrong. A score of six or lower means we're having a white Christmas. I don't care where you are. You might be saying, well, I'm actually in Hawaii right now. doesn't matter. You're going to get a yeah. white Christmas if Stephen Carter gets six or lower. Okay? Wait. Corey, you ready for your role?
1: This is basically oh, a game to get me canceled.
0: Okay. okay. We do this, what do you mean? We do this every, every year. year. Every it's year. spectacular. Okay. Stephen Carter, the first question the once heralded genius of 808 and heartbreaks had a year living out the Velgie rule. Who is it?
1: Um, 808 and heartbreaks. You know, you threw me with the heartbreaks.
0: Um, <laughs> and had a year living out the Velji rule. If you are just re- remember the Velji rule, remember 808 and heartbreaks, who is this? I'm going to be honest with you. It's got to be
1: Kanye West.
0: That is correct. He, we would have yes, also accepted Ye. We would accept it. West.
1: I don't know West. what, I don't but know what one for one. 808 or heartbreaks is, but I knew that the person who suffered the biggest uh, Zane rule, Zane Velji rule, failure was Kanye West. So
0: if you're just tuning in we're playing How White? Uh this is, of course predicts how white Christmas is going to be by judging how white Stephen Carter is with 10 questions where the answer are people that are not white. Uh Steven Carter question number Can 2. I, do you want to ask a clarify question? Options questions? like
1: phoning a friend? Like could I ask You do not have else? any of
0: these options. No, you need to get 6 or more to ensure six, that we do not have a white six Christmas.
1: 6 out of 9 okay. now. Like I'm doing good. No. Stephen Carter,
0: she was the most recent Liberal cabinet minister to breach ethics rules in 2022 by hiring a friend to do contract communication work for her. Who was she, Stephen Carter?
1: I can see her in my head. This is the worst. Oh,
0: Um, boy. Don't describe her because then you're going to get canceled, okay? (laughs) (laughs) What's her full proper name? She's
1: in Mississauga. She's... um... Do I get any bonus points for pointing you out?
0: The- don't no. There is oh, this okay. is a binary system. Okay, you can pronounce the name correctly. Got to get the name correctly. Corey will actually also act as our clock. If he feels I'm like you're go going go too with long, go ahead. Minister Ing. What is her first name? Mary. He
2: is correct. He
1: gets two He's for two. two, for yes. two. That's Hold pretty good. On.
0: Amazing.
2: Stephen Wait. Carter. We really need yeah. somebody in the room. We need a proctor. Like, I don't trust that he's not doing these
1: things at this point. Okay, I'll keep my hands up. Do we try... I
0: mean, don't based typing. on the last month, do we trust this guy to even be able to use a computer? I mean, I think it's pretty That's fair a I, think I figured one. out the problem. Guy yeah. have no idea. I think
1: I figured out the problem. I'm running one too many monitor.
0: Doesn't matter. Stephen Carter, okay. we are we're continuing on with Hal White, uh, our segment on the Holiday Spectacular. Number three, the regulation for a ban on foreign homeowners was announced... This week, and is going to be taking effect on January 1st, which minister announced it? Hussein. First name.
1: <sighs> I've met him. This is very upsetting. I want to say Ahmed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yes! Stephen Carter. Well done. Pretty white, taking guesses at Marion Ahmed and gets it correct.
1: Yeah, those were both guesses. Those were both.
0: <laughs> Stephen Carter, considered an oracle in certain conservative circles, he was a campaign chair for both Patrick Brown and Aaron O'Toole.
1: Remember the answer. I
0: think it's, that's time. It's an I'm going to
1: pass, person. and I'm going to come back to that one. You, you,
0: you oh, won't, you're going to pass? Okay, so Stephen Carter, we'll, we'll, we'll take that one as as incorrect. Number what
1: five, Stephen Carter. Pass?
0: Stephen <laughs> Carter, <laughs> Steve, pass is not his name. Pass okay. is not the name of Willie Solomon. Stephen Carter, number five. She is the Alberta NDP Children's Services critic and once told one of us in private that Stephen Carter, at moments, is rightfully unlistenable.
1: That's her <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go with Rocky. Um, uh, I'm gonna mispronounce her name on purpose. This is not because I have to, but oh, you're gonna give a point that. away this way. Are you gonna give a point? Oh, okay, good. go ahead. Good. What's your last? Oh, name? okay, Rocky uh, pa- Pankey. Wrong. No. That is wrong. Rocky Pancholi
0: <laughs> is the answer, and she was also <laughs> right. Holy
1: Fuck, you know what? That was my inclination. Stephen Carter's, got, Stephen Carter's
0: got two wrong, Corey. Can we just confirm he's that on the wrong. score? Yeah, he's he's
2: on a bad streak right now. He's on a, he he's on a cold streak. Team. Let's We're see right. if he
0: can heat up a yeah, bit. Stephen Carter, he replaced Lisa Laflamme as chief anchor of CTV National
1: News. Um, he, Ian, handsome man thing.
0: Absolutely not. Stephen Carter's racist <laughs> for shows. It's another brown man. Omar <laughs> Sachadina, is the answer. Stephen Carter, you have gotten three wrong. Okay. Uh, yeah, this no, is bad. This is not going. Oh good. man, Stephen Carter. This one, this one also. But this one, you could have a saving grace with your geography. Here we go. He scolded the Green Party for its language requirements as a leadership candidate based out of Edmonton. He scolded the Green Party for their language requirements. We talked about him on the show. Yeah, yeah. For its language him. requirements as a leadership candidate and is located in in Edmonton. Yes, it's someone
1: you know. Yeah. Ah. Uh. You guys, you guys are just killing me. You're just killing me. In fairness, I just like to point out to people that if you were asking me white people's names, I would also fuck this up. Wow, well, okay, this uh, shows
0: nothing. Najib Jutt was the answer. Stephen Carter is wrong. Stephen Carter, number eight. Corey, what's the score? Is it really? That's what we have?
1: Uh, okay. What's, yeah, what's the, what's the it's score? It's three
2: right and uh, four wrong. We're we're, we're going to the, on the right right here. These are Christ. important. Going to yeah, got go. go to go three for three here. Okay, here you got to go three for three here.
1: Here was nominated
0: by Joe Biden to the Supreme Court in february 2022 what is her name oh my god carter carter oh come on she's a supreme court justice carter
1: i know i know she's a supreme court justice but i can't remember her name because i can't remember her name not because i can't see who she is jackson jackson
0: that is correct give me the give me the give me
1: the first name first name um jackson starts with an a
2: does not start It does me. not.
1: Okay, then it's Jackson. So, um, Justice Jackson. <laughs> 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 that,
0: that, that is correct. <laughs> Brown, Are we giving Jackson, him that? I guess we're giving him Stephen that. Stephen Carter, yeah, we're, not, we're, not, not, we're not, we're not we no, we giving him no, that. We not. to No, 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 we're not giving him that. No, we him have back. to, or else, or else he's already lost. I'll let Corey figure this
2: out. You know what? We're going to give him half a point. We're going to give him half a point.
0: Carter, he made all Indian parents hate their kids as he assumed leadership of Her Majesty's government in the United Kingdom. Who is he?
1: Uh, Sunak. first name, um, Ravi. Wrong, Rishi Sunak.
0: <laughs> no.
2: Carter, Ritchie. Listen, Carter. If you're not ready for Rishi, yeah, yeah,
1: Rishi. Oh, <laughs> man, that was his
2: slogan. Ready? for Yeah, Rishi. ready for Rishi, man.
0: Rishi. Come on, It wasn't groovy for Ravi? It was ready for Rishi. Okay. <laughs> R-
1: R- R- again, again, I'm taking a full point for that.
2: You're, I'm you're, not, you're, not Corey, giving. So you it what, all we'll comes judike. down to this. Corey, last we'll question. No, you know what? Here's it comes the down thing. to this
1: last question. Last question. If I get At this least threat, I win.
2: Okay. Well, that's not true, but you go for it. Okay. Stephen Carter. My new role. This, is okay. this is a tough one. This
1: is a tough one. This uh,
0: makes me think how much you're looking into the future of the Democratic Party in the United States. This makes me think does Stephen Carter have his finger on the pulse for who might lead or be a, a core contender for higher and national public office in the United States? She became the first woman, first person of color, and first Asian American to serve as mayor of Boston after winning uh, oh, in her oh, race. on! Yes. Yes, Stephen Carter. The mayor of Boston. Do you know the name?
1: Of course See, I don't know the mayor of Boston.
0: Do you want to try? Do you want to try a name? No! Do you want to try with, a name? I'm do you want to try, try a name of a woman, a person of color, an Asian American? Do you just want to try this to get yourself canceled, Stephen Carter?
1: Um, You know what? Now that you put it that way, now I'm going to refrain from that. Zane, I'm going to... <laughs> I've I've decided it is my best interest not to go with Mayor Wong. It is Michelle Wu
0: and Stephen Carter once again has suggested... With his prowess, that wherever you are in this universe, we are getting a white Christmas. Thank you for nothing, Corey.
2: This was this was not even a uh, close just, contender. This was this was a... no. You know, I actually thought you were on one hell of a terror at the start. You went three for three. You went three. For three. I know what that happened was in there, Rocky. Carter. You went
0: three you, for three. you gave one away. You knew Rocky's last name, but and you're like you, you know literally
2: what? Literally <laughs> got nothing right after those first three. <laughs> this was quite the disaster. But don't worry, Carter. We'll we'll allow (laughs) you. This is
0: terrible. We'll allow Mm -hmm. you to redeem yourself because the holiday spectacular continues. With our next segment, our next segment. The Flair Airlines did it land? We have no clue. Guys, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to list you three or four things, major political stories this year, and you're going to justify to me, did it land or not? Did the political strategy, political play, big political moment land or not? And Stephen Carter, I'm going to start with you. We'll, we'll we'll go back and forth on these. We'll let you guys get into into all of them uh, a bit. Stephen Carter, I'm going to start with you, yep. then I'll jump in on Corey. Yep. yep. Pierre Polly has political videos. Through his leadership race, through his time as opposition leader, did they land, yes or no, on the macro 2022?
1: yes they absolutely landed he won his campaign with ease people know who he is they understand his videos were a big part of who he is so yes absolutely uh safe landing uh followed all the flight attendants instructions
0: as a fellow flight attendant cory did Pierre Polyev's political videos the tactics of his political videos did they land
2: in 2022 i'm gonna say no they you took off.
1: oh ah yeah they oh, took off interesting they took Explain off why.
2: there was a it was a great takeoff you know, everybody was feeling very good about the pilot, cracked a few jokes on the on the ascent. You know, you're thinking this is going to be a great flight. Then you look out your window and you're thinking, I should be able to see Greenland right now. Why does this look like the Pacific Ocean uh, <laughs> as he is fondling wood and as he's going so deep in his own bullshit and as all of a sudden like the experimental late Beatles version of Pierre Polyev took over. So now I don't know where in the world they are. I certainly don't believe it's landed. If it has, it's landed in the fashion of, like, the gang from Lost. You know, it's an island, there's a polar bear, we're not quite sure where we are. And I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see whether, uh, in the finale, they all get to go to a non-denominational afterlife or not, um, to, to continue that metaphor. Which was a very important metaphor I don't want to lose track of.
0: All right, Carter, Also, spoilers for, for Lost yeah four, eighteen, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, 18, and forty two uh if uh if you wanted a deep cut from that ABC series, uh which by the way, in hindsight did not age well, uh, I would say no. Carter no, was, actually no. I'm gonna stick with you Hog. I'm gonna stick with you on this, hogan. the what? liberal NDP deal did it land?
2: It depends on who you're asking it about for the NDP, mm. I think it did for the liberals. I guess it did for them too. They both wanted different things out of it, right? The liberals wanted to uh, be able to act as though they were a majority government, and the NDP wanted to act as though they could extract demands from the liberals. And both have kind of gotten their thing. Now, we'll see if in the year to come, uh, you know, this detente lasts, but it's sort of working for them. As long as Justin Trudeau is willing to be a bit of a punching bag, and every now and then concede something he was willing to do anyways to Jugmeet Singh, I think, um, I think it, yeah. It's um, I think it landed. It certainly landed for 2022, Carter. In the,
0: the Corey puts that good frame on everything we're talking about is for the calendar year, for the calendar year 2022. The Liberal NDP deal in your mind, Carter? Did it land?
1: Well, I think I have to say that it landed. I think that it was a choppy flight. Um, really, you know the the there was turbulence all over the place, and then then when they landed, I think they probably bounced three times, which, as you know, Flair Airlines calls a perfect three point landing. Um, so. You know, I guess it was fine in the calendar year 2022. The problem with these things is uh, it's just not one landing. They got to keep going into 2023 and potentially into 2024. So I don't see this as landing uh, uh, particularly well in the future. I think they probably flattened a couple of tires, and the next time they land, uh, they risk a, uh, a, a fiery explosion. Um, but for now, sure, they landed.
0: Carter you know, I'm going to say one word and you're going to know exactly what I meant. And in 2021, if I were to say this word, you would have no clue what I'm talking about. They were the biggest political story at the beginning of the year, arguably the biggest political story at the end of the year. Stephen Carter, in 2022, did the convoy land for you? (laughs)
1: Um, no, the the convoy did not land for me. And, uh, you know, I mean, we haven't seen yet the 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 outcome of the trials. We haven't seen, um, you know, uh, we're, we're watching the Ottawa Police Service struggle with its its reputation, um, and I think that no, it it simply hasn't landed. And uh, there are more effective ways to protest um, than to piss off all the people you want to support you. Uh, and I think that that should be uh, something that people keep in mind as they're trying to build a coalition of people that that support their ideas. Corey,
0: they weren't a term that we knew. They kind of built a, if you can yeah. call it a political brand or a, a force in politics, or at least a movement of some sort. Biggest story at the beginning, arguably the biggest story at the end with the uh, with the Emergencies Act uh, review and 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 testimony. The convoy in 2022, did it land?
2: Yeah, I mean, of course it landed. To your point, we didn't know what the convoy was at the start of the year. Now it feels like the Canadian Tea Party. Like people will say they're a convoy party supporter at a certain point here, and, and maybe it won't preclude membership in other areas. But it, it basically denotes a political philosophy ill-formed, but, you know, rooted in something, right? Rooted in anger, rooted in frustration, and rooted in this idea that they can just you know, take back the country through any crazy reading of the Constitution, crazy reading of the Bill of Rights. And Look, you can sit there like an executive at Air Canada scowling at Flair Airlines and say, yeah, but they don't even have peanuts on their flight. But the reality is it's it landed. It It's there. It's here. It's certainly something that we're going to be contending with going into 2022. It has changed our politics fundamentally. It has ended careers. It has launched new careers in politics. Y- you bet the convoy landed. Do you need to like it? No, but you got to acknowledge it.
0: Carter, this is the political frame we operate in. I, I, I want to spend some time on this. I don't want to just rush right through these. There's, this is a point, a point of disagreement between the two of you. Respond to Corey here.
1: Well, Corey's wrong. Uh, I mean, because the, the, the <laughs> idea... I'm sorry, just, said,
0: just, uh, just uh, how many did he get out of Ted? Uh, uh, yeah, he got like of four in a oh, Yeah, No, uh, okay, uh, three. He did, he did horribly. And yeah,
2: three uh, and, uh, and a half here, if we're being generous he, on, why, here, here's on here's Justice uh, Jackson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Makes me very happy. Carter, go ahead. Yes. Woo. Not one. <laughs> Woo. Here's the thing. Just because you know that something happened doesn't mean it's a good thing. You know, I know that. Uh, That's not what know, we're there's, arguing there's, here, to be clear. Yeah, I know, you know, there's been uh, multiple house fires. Oh, isn't that a good thing? I know that there's been uh, car crashes <laughs> all up and down the deer foot. <laughs> oh, isn't that a good thing? I know that uh, I know all kinds of shit that I in 2022 that I didn't know before. I does not make to... it a good thing. The house fire, they've because had, you didn't be fucking know something doesn't make it good. Oh, I know about the convoy, ergo, it must have landed. That's bullshit. If you okay. don't support Carter, if you it, don't build it, the your house, ho- hold, if you on, don't build your hold on, hold on, it is not a on. good thing. Okay,
2: if Corey, the, if yeah, you if the house fire's goal was to make you aware of house fires and you knew about the house fire, then you'd have to give the house fire props <laughs> to continue your not, incredibly painful not, metaphor.
1: This is the most upsetting thing that you've said today. This is not the truth. Everybody, when they did the convoy, it was to support the anti-vax movement, and the anti-vax movement gained not one percent. It
2: was trucker. Why it's, it's called, the called the convoy?
1: It was yeah. not about the truckers. But it was Carter, about anti-vax what? bullshit, no, he, he, and it has gone downhill since the convoy. The only person still talking about it is Danielle Smith and her minister of propaganda. Um, whatever the fuck her name is. She's white and I forgot her name.
2: <laughs> God damn it. You're Carter. the worst.
0: Carter, refute Corey's points that it's forever changed our politics, that it's association, it's a term we didn't know a year ago, that it's something that has come and asserted itself, even if it's been rough around the edges, even if you haven't agreed with it, even if you don't align with it, that it has become an, a, an, an object in our politics and perhaps an extension of our politics in some way. Refute wow. that point, because I think that's the core of Corey's point to me
1: how has it actually impacted Canadian politics? I mean, has Justin Trudeau had to come out and address really? this? Pierre Polyev has run away from it since he went to the convoy meetings. The only person who's talking well, about respond. the only person yeah. that it has changed is Danielle Smith, and it didn't change her at all. She was a fucking whack job in 2012. She's a fucking whack job in 2022. This is no change. This is the way it is.
2: Corey? So two questions for you. One is, what year did you work for Danielle Smith? I'm just...
1: 2010. <laughs>
2: All right, thank you. Second question I have. Um who is the premier of Alberta?
1: Well, that's 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 inconsequential. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, just, just, just it's later. changing
2: No listen it's how changing it politics, politics. Explain, explain, explain Daniel not Smith would not politics. be premier of Alberta right now if it were not for the convoy Do you think Simple, Pierre would, not Do you think would be leader
0: Do you think Pierre would be leader if it wasn't for the oh, convoy yeah.
2: No I, he'd be leader He'd be, he'd be leader. leader. look how much he won by But you but think, was Smith didn't win you by think that it was an additive You think he was
0: an additive the convoy was a net additive to to him that he was able to You remember how he launched his leadership was to kind of take yes, advantage of that data mining data operation during the heart of the the convoy didn't even have a website. Weeks.
2: He had like, you know, a list of links that you could go to.
0: Yeah, like Google Forms we to sort of fill out your, your data yeah. sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Do you think it was a net yeah. additive to, to Pierre? Uh, well, for sure, for his leadership contest. I don't know if Jason Kenney would have lost as premier if it weren't for uh, the convoy. I don't know if Saskatchewan oh, would have gone so oh, mad with oh. Saskatchewan first. I certainly don't think Daniel That's- Smith would be premier of Alberta. If it weren't for the entirely convoy,
1: entirely revisionist, and, Jason Kenney wouldn't have lost without the convoy. Hang on a second here. I got to write this down because this is something well, I'm going to remember for the rest of the life. Kenny
2: Jason Kenney didn't lose. The question was would he get a high enough percent of the vote to stick around? We're still talking about margins here. And when you had this mobilized right wing group who was feeling very energized by things like the convoy, then yeah, you oh, bet that's God. causing problems for Jason.
1: I'm barfing into my mouth listening to you today. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs>
2: We're, very, we're we'll continue. Merry holidays on whether Carter. the
0: convoy. Yeah,
1: very, very the only holidays. I me me discounts. three of us. Nonk? What's going on? The three of us are all stuck in this fucking weather together. That's the only thing that's held me yeah. together on this whole thing.
0: I understand. I'm glad, Carter.
1: I'm I'm glad.
0: That, that sounds okay. like the surprise of something. a man who's lost his family's wealth on crypto. Uh, Carter, <laughs> Carter. This was yeah. the first year we kind of got to see liberal child care in action and implementation in the 2022 year from what you know what you see as a signature policy but also as a legacy policy also as as something they have believed in in 2022 did the liberal child care deal land for you
1: no which doesn't mean that it's not going to land in the future i think that as people get exposed to it and as people start experiencing what it what it has promised it will be it will be even bigger but right now it has looked it is kind of like a touch, and, a touch and go landing, right? People are excited by the opportunity, but they haven't yet experienced the fullness of what it can bring. And I think that as that real um, value starts to be seen in 2023 and 2024, um, that liberal uh, daycare package, um, along with I think the liberal uh, dental package, are really going to start making differences in a lot of people's lives.
0: Corey? Did the liberal childcare deal in the 2022 year for you, did it land? It was the first year we kind of got to see it in, in implementation form. It was a signature policy of the last election. I wouldn't say it was the only signature policy, but it's a big one. They spent shit ton of money in and a shit ton of effort getting these individual deals, which, was a, which was, a, was a win politically. But did it land in 2022 for you?
2: Yeah. And you can tell the difference between Stephen Carter and I and the age of our kids. The fact that he mm. doesn't think it landed is because it is to him just theoretical to a family like mine. It was massively substantive. You know, if you have children in childcare care and in, in a province like Alberta, it has absolutely changed the game. That's true in provinces across the country here. It is it is by far the most material thing government has done in my day to day life in the past you know, five to ten years. And um, that's not to say government hasn't done other things. This is just we're talking about magnitude here of like the cost of a mortgage has been reduced from a large family's. You know, if you've got a large young family, this has been such a game changer. Sure. Carter, you want to jump he says in? that
1: because he's got like 20, 25 children, but that's not the norm. I think it gets better as things move <laughs> along, which does not minimize the impact that it's had so far. I think it's just going to be when you have a full year of it, like when you get that mortgage level back. Um, it's really going to be something. Uh, it's going to allow a lot of people to go to work, and it's going to have tremendous impact for families in the future tense.
0: We are going to leave that segment there, move it to our next segment. Corey, they say in politics that it's all about timing, timing, timing. Well, I want to talk about timing. It is now time for the Flair Airlines Delayed Response of the Year, Corey. <laughs> I'm going to give you a list, and you have oh, a choice. Okay. You You can choose from this list in terms of which of these deserves the award for Flair Airlines Delayed Response of the Year, or you could give your own answer. We'll let you fill in the blanks on this one. We're making the rules. So, Corey Carter, you can keep track of this as well. You're going first on this, Hogan. Was it the tru- was it Trudeau delaying on pulling the trigger on the Emergency Act? Was it Trudeau on his dithering on true leadership and policy on the cost of living and in inflation crisis? Was it the CPC's delay and and dithering before getting rid of Patrick Brown eventually? Was it Jason Kenney being caught flat-footed and losing his leadership vote? Was it Stephen Eby being caught flat-footed with an upstart campaign in the L- uh, BC NDP leadership race before he uh, and, and the in the party tossed and turfed that candidate? Or finally, Corey? Was it the Ontario NDP and Liberals in their delay? in defining and going after Doug Ford aggressively. I'll do a summary for you again. Trudeau on the Emergencies Act, Trudeau on Cost of Living, the CPC on Patrick Brown, Jason Kenney getting flat-footed, Stephen Eby getting flat-footed, or the Ontario NDP and the Ontario Liberals delaying in trying to define Doug Ford, allowing him to sweep an even larger majority. Corey, you can give me an other or you can give me one of these. Which one is it for you?
2: Well, I was gonna let one Stephen Evie go by, but when you said it twice, it makes me think David you actually David, think David, that's sorry. his name.
1: Sorry, David. you know what? Yes. It's weird, but, but he's white as a Stephen. <laughs> as a Stephen, oh yeah. My, the people people mistake me for you know what? David more you know than what? anything. Here's, else. here's
0: what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'm not sorry. Fuck that guy. That guy could be named Stephen <laughs> Evie for the rest of his life. You know how many times I've been called Zian? Okay, well that's fine. Doesn't matter. He gets he gets a Stephen. Yeah, most of them by Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> so fair enough. What's the what's end. David? Well, uh, David. Uh, <laughs> okay,
1: let's go. Okay. Let's go. But the Corey, real answer David here. Eby.
0: Here we go. Trudeau, Trudeau, the Conservatives, Kenny, Eby, or the NDP and Liberals in Ontario in their delighted to find Doug Ford. What is it to you? Or is it another one?
2: Oh, I think you've put a great one on the table with Trudeau and the cost of living Mm. uh, response. I I would potentially maybe even say the government and the passport situation as well. But I just don't think that's material even now. Like Those things have been resolved. But the thing with the cost of living – It's illustrative of a bigger problem in politics. Politicians do this all of the time. As soon as an opponent makes a critique, their first instinct is to dismiss and deny the critique. If they had looked across the world, if they had looked at every other jurisdiction, if they had just taken kind of an honest assessment of things, they would have said, yeah, okay, mm, this is going to be a problem. And I think the Liberals spent a good quarter, like a good three months – Pretending that the cost of living uh, increases we're seeing was not a big deal. No problem at all. And and this was consistent with other activities of theirs around supply chain challenges we've had as a country, uh, getting medicine for kids. Not a big deal. Overblown. Just pictures of empty shelves. We said this at the time, and I think it was actually even in 2021, technically, so probably outside of this year's scope. Mm. but. There was a time where you'd go to the grocery store and there would be empty shelves. Were they all empty? No. So it was ridiculous to pretend they were. Were they all full? No, they were not, right? And so what we saw was partisans just jump in on cost of living and just find every way they could to say you don't have a problem here. Oh, your mortgage is not going to be too big. Oh, the cost of food is not going to be too bad. But people are feeling it. You know, people are looking at what a gallon of milk costs, and they're saying this is too expensive. And the liberals, by denying it for a few months, gave a few months of the issue being entirely framed by their denials, which look out of touch now, and Polyev's attacks, which look accurate, prescient, and on point. And so that was the one that I think both had the most consequence, the most real consequence in the year for real people, and also most likely to affect the next election. Uh, if the Liberals do decide to do something as foolhardy as pull the trigger early.
0: Carter, what was it for you? Was it Uh, Trudeau and Emergency Act, cost of living, the CPC getting rid of Brown, Jason Kenney, Stephen slash uh, David Eby, or or the NDP and Liberals uh, in Ontario? Or, you know, or I, something else, or, or that's that's your own.
1: No, I think your list is great, Zane, and I and I want to agree with Corey on cost of living, but I'm not going to. Um, oh, I mean, in, in no small part because I I just want to, in general, Justin Trudeau and his government move too slowly, uh, and I could I could jump on, um, I could jump on the Trudeau government, and I think that Corey was right to pick the cost of living one, um, but I'm gonna, and, and I think also the CPC with. Patrick Brown makes a really strong case that you you should do that at the at the at the, you know outset. Um, but actually, I'm going to go with David Eby and the and and the BC NDP. They we'll knew they were that? in the shit early, and they chose not to do anything for months, uh, and it really yeah, undermined. That was my runner up his, for sure. His, really, that would have yeah. been your runner up, hey? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. undermined his the start of his leadership. I mean. To, to have to take the to action the point against, that one of the
0: three of us don't even know his first name. But yeah, that's
1: right. You <laughs> can never go wrong with com- calling someone Stephen, in my experience. Um, but David Eby, Eby will carry that shadow with him for a long time, that he is perceived to not be able to beat a lightweight environmentalist. And I'm not sure that that's fair. I think that, that the environmental movement in British Columbia is very, very strong. But I think that that perception... I would have had him. I would have rather had him either disqualify her on day one or fight her, fight her through uh, a leadership battle by choosing the the middling mediocre. Mm. He is basically exemplified every weakness that every white man has, and I speak on behalf of both Corey and I when I say that.
0: That that is interesting. I, I You're think there is a. That's Thank you. Interesting. Try. I was going to give it away to to Justin Trudeau, as I thought you were going to double down on Corey's point. But congratulations to uh, David Stephen Eby and Justin Trudeau for their Flair Airlines Delayed Response Award. They're going to be sharing that this year. Uh, Carter, we're moving it on to our we'll, next segment. We'll and, send and it course, eventually. We'll send yeah, it we'll eventually. Get, That's right. Yeah. It'll, it'll eventually get to them. Yeah. Uh, Carter, you know, we'll move on to our next segment. Uh, this one, of course, a little bit sadder in tone. Because, Stephen Carter, it's time for our forgotten but not gone, the Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate. Uh, This is where we wave to those whose political careers have said goodbye for some reason or another. It's a somber moment. It's a sad moment. But it's a moment that is a ritual. And it's been ritualized on this podcast for 12 years now, Corey, for our 12th Holiday Spectacular. We start with you. Because this individual went away... Came back and decided he probably should go back away. I'm talking about none other. No, I'm right here. Than Mister Jean Charest, Corey. So please take it away for the Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate eulogy for
2: Jean Charest and his political career. We lost Jean Charest's political career this year, but did we? (laughs) Don't weep for Jean Charest. (laughs) don't weep for his cause or the dream of a more moderate conservative party because that cause never existed and what was never alive can never die I'd like to read from you 2 uh, Corinthians so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but is what is unseen is eternal and there is nothing more unseen than the idea of a moderate conservative party Jean patron saint of not getting the job done, we will remember you in the same way that we remembered you before this, which was we forgot about you. Amen.
0: That was, that was so very nicely touching. done. Oh, touching. <laughs> he was beautiful. my first
1: political uh, boss. I'm going to miss him.
2: Corey
0: with the political energy <laughs> of, of, of Jean Charest, or as he's known out west, Jean Cherist. Uh, Carter, <laughs> <laughs> over to you. <laughs> You know, we lost another hero of the conservative movement. This one less moderate, but equally as confident. Stephen Carter for the Flair Airlines annual Goodbye from the Gates. Political eulogy for Jason Kenney.
1: To lose Jason Kenney's political career at the height of its strength was truly tragic. Uh, One could not imagine a situation where we would, in fact, look back... Uh, with any degree of fondness, upon the last two or three years when he has been Alberta's premier, but with Danielle Smith in the job, we have been reminded that uh, sometimes a bigger prick is not a better prick, and we will miss Jason Kenney uh, with that on our minds. As you know, Jason <laughs> Kenney was lost as a direct result. Did you prepare of this? The How
0: long have you been waiting to say
1: this? But it's not it's like, just the convoy that killed Jason Kenney; it is the fact that an organizer will never be a politician. Amen.
0: Beautiful. Amen. Uh, Some very quotable lines there. What? Yeah. When did we start doing "Amen"? <laughs> this is a non-denomination <laughs> holiday
1: spectacular. Corey started it. Corey, Corey's. Well, you know what? I'm going to trendsetter. Ju- I'll share.
0: Yeah, please. I'm yeah, going to shift Let's to include all fates or no fates after this. Please, thank you, Corey Hogan. You know, sometimes someone's rebirth provides a goodbye to the party that they're associated with. So Stephen just finished a beautiful send off to Jason Kenny. I need you to give me a beautiful welcome and goodbye. A confusing cycle of life, <laughs> as part of the Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate, for one. Elizabeth May, Corey, because she is back but she may have killed her party. Corey Hogan, please take it away for your improv on on-the-spot eulogy for Elizabeth May.
2: Well, this is very appropriate because, of course, um, saying goodbye at the gate and then saying goodbye at the gate four hours later and then saying goodbye at the gate four hours later again is is very much in keeping with the experience uh, of not our sponsor. Uh, well, Zane, look... I could be very tempted to just dust off a eulogy that I used on this very spectacular in 2006 when she lost in that London by-election. Or in 2008 when she lost in Central Nova. That one I remember very well. Or, of course, in 2014 when she tabled a petition from 9-11 conspiracy theorists in the House of Commons. Or, you know, that time that she promoted homeopathy and raised concerns around Wi-Fi which, of course, is just the reordering of radio waves that have been around since the start of the universe. But she thought they were a potential carcinogen. I do get off track. I guess I could have used the eulogy from 2015 press gallery dinner where she was so drunk she said Omar Khadr had more class than the Harper cabinet.
1: This is a child
2: soldier, yes. Uh, Or maybe I could have used the one from 2019 when she stepped down as party leader. But I like the frame you've given me here. I think it's very good. Uh, Because there is no death there was only starting new in a different way and in this changing world it's nice that some things never change the great circle continues and I suppose like the homeopathy that Elizabeth May has championed the Greens need not fear she's gone from being one leader to one of two leaders and with enough co-leaders she'll be diluted to the point of greater potency as promised in homeopathy Uh, so with that so so Peace be upon her. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, Corey. Thank you. Very, very beautiful, <laughs> touching,
0: moving. A lot of proof points to past eulogies. Stephen Carter. We move from the Green Party to something else green that captured our hearts. Yes, something else green that captured our hearts for less than two weeks. I am talking, of course, as one part of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Trilogy, the Head of Lettuce, Bojo, and Liz Trust. Stephen Carter. I need... You know, Corey says sometimes there there is no death. Well, sometimes there is death in rapid succession. And that is what we saw here with these three. Stephen Carter, for your Flair Early ons uh, Annual Goodbye from the Gates, for Bojo, Liz Truss, and the Head of Lettuce.
1: Well, I think that what brings these two together is, in fact, the Head of Lettuce. The Head of Lettuce that outlived Liz Truss and that uh, Boris Johnson calls a head uh, a hairstyle. That Head of Lettuce... Uh, will be remembered from 2022 um, for years. And I'd like to, of course, mention uh, that Boris Johnson has stood as an inspiration to all white men of limited talent, and limited sex appeal, as he has been able to find woman <laughs> after woman after woman that he can impregnate and marry uh, and share 50% of his dismal, dismal earnings. Um <laughs> <each time. laughs> what, we Forrest we Johnson where, stands as on? an inspiration to all of us. And I would again like to thank Liz Truss for reminding us that Allison Redford was, in fact, successful uh, in staying as long as she did. And thank you to, to Liz for that. Um, I will miss them both.
0: Beautiful. No amen. Very nicely done, Stephen Carter. Corey Hogan, we're going to move it right along. Some people say this is too much sadness, but I think this is actually. Poetic. This is beautiful. This is part of, as I mentioned, the cycle of life. And you know, one guy who really, as a physician, didn't really capture the cycle of life, who probably uh, was looking at alternative methods uh, to life, uh, was Doctor Oz. Uh, he wanted to inject some life uh, to his political career, uh, but it was eventually crudité that did this man in, uh, in Pennsylvania, a state he did not live. Corey Hogan, the Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gates. Eulogy for the political career of one Dr. Memedaz. Oz.
2: Dr. Memedaz Oz was sitting in his home in New Jersey one day and uh, he got one of those YouTube ads we see, you know, one great trick to win an election next to the penis enlargement that he himself probably sponsored at one point during his medical career uh, and next to the homeopathy that, uh, you know, that ad really got Elizabeth May, I think, earlier. So... Uh, It's a bit of a through line there, I suppose. Uh, And he was was seduced, like so many of us, by the idea of politics, by the notion of giving back in a way that increases your own glory. And so he did what any good uh, favorite son of New Jersey would do, which was leave New Jersey and went across the river to Pennsylvania, registered his papers, and he threw his hat in the greatest of rings, uh, to be part of the great deliberative body the United States Senate. But Zane, you alluded to it off the top. Life can be mm. crudite. And, um... It, things were not going to work out for Dr. Oz. He, uh, he lost. He is the only person who lost an incumbent seat in the Senate. And, uh... He will be back. Back to his chair in New Jersey. Refreshing. Looking for one more great trick, to have an electoral rebound, which is, you know, something we all struggle with, I think, once we've been involved in politics. So I see him having a career not dissimilar from Elizabeth May. He'll be back. And when he does, you'll have so many ways to increase the size of your penis. Amen. <laughs> Amen,
0: indeed. How beautiful. Corey Hogan. With that touching, touching tribute to one Dr. Mehmet Oz of New Jersey, Stephen Carter. You know, they say that dying is sometimes just living a different life in a suburb,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: why we are needing and, and just yearning <laughs> I, I know, yeah, for the political I eulogies going. <laughs> of one Stephen Del Duca and Andrea Horvath. I mean, yeah. they were dead. Their political careers were dead. But you know what? Do you want to throw Patrick Brown in there, too? Dying is just living a different life in the suburbs for Andrew Horvath, Stephen Del Duca, and Patrick Brown. Carter, the only Brown name you'll be able to pronounce is Patrick Brown. Stephen Carter, I'll give this to you. (laughs) The trio of trilogies. You did Bojo, Liz Truss, and the Head of Lettuce, please. The trilogies that are now the suburban mayors. Horvath, Del Duca, Brown. Over to Stephen Carter, the Flair and and Airlines annual goodbye from the gate for the three mayors.
1: I'm just so thankful that we put all three of them together. Uh, Together, let us remember Angela Horvath, Phil Brown, and David Del Duca. The three (laughs) will live in the front of our minds the way that Wonder Bread sets the standard for sandwiches, that unsalted, dry popcorn sets the standard for entertainment. And the boiled potatoes is the starch of preference for all those who eat. Did you guys sell the this vegetables. Oh my God. <laughs> the celery vegetables, the mock turtleneck of fashion. Let us all raise a toast of our white cloth and celebrate Angela Horvath, Phil Brown, and David Del Duca as they have left us forever.
0: Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Corey, I'll end this with you. With the final forgotten but not gone, the Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gates. Sometimes we have to say goodbye before someone is truly gone. We call this awake. We call this a, a living eulogy. But we know the time is near. The time is nigh. Corey Hogan, the Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate for the lubricant of politics
2: known as Twitter. <laughs> Well, it feels appropriate I would do this in 280 characters. Um, But I I can't. I won't. There's just too many memories I have of Twitter. There's too many things to say about Twitter. I remember my first tweet. Well, it was 2008. And um, I was tweeting that I had just tweeted my first tweet. And that up your acidness became the hallmark of our favorite social media platform, you know, for the next 14 years.
1: Can I preach? For me, it was getting a pork bun.
2: <sighs> you see, Pork
1: bun, pork bun, pork bun. Has there
2: ever been something that allowed us to talk more about ourselves while pretending to care about the things in the world?
1: Mm, mm. Nothing. No, I don't nothing. think
2: there will be either. It's going to be tough to fill that. I'm thinking I might need to start another podcast. Amen. It's Amen. Mm-hmm. That's what white men do. That concludes of course... Are forgotten but not gone,
0: the Flair Airlines annual goodbye from the gate, the political eulogies of those that live, that have died, and now some that continue to have rebirths and different lives in our politics. Guys, let's move it on to our next segment. Of course, Corey Hogan, sometimes when you fly so often and you take so many people, there is a rare, perfect landing and moves on to our next segment, the Flair Airlines rare, perfect landing. Corey Hogan, here's how it works. I'm going to give you a list of of what I consider to be the rare perfect landings in politics this year. You tell me which one takes the cake, which one deserves the award. It could also be other, like we discussed last time. Corey, here are your choices. Pierre owning the entire cost of living issue. Pierre data mining during the convoy to ensure that he's got a a head start in his leadership race. Jagmeet Singh as part of the Jagmeet Singh-Justin Trudeau liberal NDP deal. CUPE in Ontario calling Doug Ford and Minister Lecce's bluff and and winning that side of the public advocacy debate. Justin Trudeau's arguably masterful performance on the Emergency Act Inquiry. And Danielle Smith inserting the Sovereignty Act at just the right time in a come-from-behind UCP leadership race victory. So let me give you the list again, Corey. You're going to choose a list. It's also, other is option. Pierre on cost of living. Pierre on data mining. Jagmeet Singh on the liberal NDP deal, extending his shelf life, perhaps. CUPE, Ontario, calling the minister. And Doug Ford's bluff. Danielle Smith come from behind victory with the Sovereignty Act. Justin Trudeau and his Emergency Act testimony. Other is also on the table. Corey Hogan, the Flair Airlines' rare perfect landing goes to who and what in your mind?
2: I'm going to go off menu here, Zane, and I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. Do it. Uh, with, uh, Vladimir Zelensky. We Ooh. forget that all happened this year in early 2021. This was supposed to be a guy who was going to, a comedian who was going to flee the country and Russia was going to overrun Ukraine in a matter of hours. But he rallied his country. He rallied the world, it literally rallied the world. And Uh, as recently as yesterday was in the United States speaking to, you know, their jointly assembled Congress asking for more still. And he'll get more because he has been, you know, Churchillian in his approach. And he has been such a symbol of uh, the Ukrainian resistance against this Russian aggression. And I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. And, you know, it's been months and maybe we're a little bit numb to it now or we forget how remarkable it is. But there was a time when this invasion started, where the last thing I did before I went to bed was I would go on, you know, social media and I would see, How is this war going? Is Zelensky still alive? Mm-hmm. The first thing I would mm-hmm. do in the morning is, How is this war going? Is Zelensky still alive? Uh just totally inspiring. Uh totally matched the moment. We talk a lot about how the skills politicians actually need are those presentation skills. It is the ability to persuade and to speak passionately and even to be funny and know how to crack a joke. And Zelensky is like the perfect example of that. But he's not just that. He's clearly brave. He's clearly dedicated. And he's clearly tough as hell. So he gets my rare perfect landing. No matter what happens from this moment forward, what he has done has absolutely upended the world order. Nobody thinks about Russia the same way they did before he stood up to them. And that's really remarkable.
0: Ah, going off-menu with a with a great pick, Carter. I'm going to summarize for you. You can also go off-menu, double down with Corey, add something else. Pierre on cost of living, Pierre on data mining. Jigmeet on the NDP liberal deal, QP Ontario. I've kept it pretty domestic. Danielle Smith, come from behind victory. Emergency Act and Trudeau in his testimony. Carter, Corey goes with Vladimir Zelensky uh, as leader of Ukraine. 300 plus days in that war. We forget that was all in 2022. Stephen Carter... Where are you going?
1: Well, let me just say I agree with every word that, that Corey just said, but I'm not going to choose Zelensky. I think that I'll just let what Corey said stand on its own, and I'm going to kind of stick with the domestic side that you've that you've laid out, Zane. Uh, I'm going to give a, a, an honorary mention to Justin Trudeau and the Emergency Act. Uh, he nailed it in a way that I don't think uh, I don't think could have been better in terms of the inquiry. Um, And then I'm going to also honorably mention, uh, QP Ontario, uh, with their stand down, uh, and push back on the Ford agenda. Um, but my, my, my real winner is actually Pierre Polyev and his cost of living inflation, anti-inflation, uh, argument as much as I hate the term just inflation. Um, and as much as I hate some of the tactics that he used, I think he was incredibly effective. Uh, he made the cost of living issue his issue. It will be something that if it continues into 2023, he can still own. But during 2022, he's made that issue his own, and it has matured him out of the leadership. Uh, the leadership, I think he was immature in a lot of regards, but uh, while something is fleeting like the passport issue, which Corey mentioned earlier, uh, this cost of living issue has legs and Pierre Polyev, uh really landed that one and uh, needs to get the credit for it
0: nicely done both of you the flare airlines rare perfect landing one award goes to vladimir zelensky another one <clears throat> to Pierre Polyev. uh those will of course be in the, in the mail for both can, of those gentlemen can we
1: afford the shipping to the ukraine we, we we'll
0: get it to him <laughs> while he's in dc it's just fun. ukraine just, just Ukraine. yeah See,
2: this is why i write the labels
1: okay
0: let's move it on to our next segment this of course Corey is talking about who would you rather be This, of course, is the Flair Airlines middle seat. Who would you rather be in segment? Corey Hogan. I'm going to go through. I'm going to start with you. I start with you in these segments. Give you two or three people. You choose one of them. Who would you rather be and justify why? Then I'll go to Carter. He does the same. We'll go back and forth, and then we'll head on to our next segment. Would you rather be Corey Hogan, Patrick Brown, or Jean Charest? At this current moment in time, December 22nd, ending 2022, who would you rather be between these two gentlemen?
2: Okay, um, where does Jean Charay live? Wherever well, the fuck you want. I think wants. it's Montreal. I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where does Patrick Brown live? Brampton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Moving on that to was the next good. question. Then. Good.
1: Yep. Carter, good do, you, do you agree? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <Excellent. laughs>
0: Stephen Carter, uh, I'm going to start with you. Who would you rather be? This one might be an interesting one. I'm curious to hear your answer. This Pierre Polyev, who you just gave our rare perfect landing award to, Lego or Ford? Who would you rather be in the 2022 year? They all seem to have a good year of different kinds. But who would you rather want to be this year? Polyev, Legault, Ford, who's your pick, Carter?
1: Legault and Ford are already premiers. And I think that the guy who's going to be prime minister is the person I would rather be.
0: Oh, you're choosing Pierre Polyev, keeping consistency. Corey, between these two gentlemen, two of them are premiers who won re-election this year, quite handily in both of their cases. Pierre Polyev won a leadership this year. Who would you rather be, Uh, Pierre Polyev, François Legault, or Doug Ford? Who's your choice?
2: It's hard not to pick Polyev for the exact same reason Stephen did, but I'm going to go with Doug Ford, because he is premier of the largest province in the country. And if if Polyev doesn't work out, or even if he does, and he just runs for eight years— Doug Ford's well positioned to be the next leader if he could learn French, if he could do something like that, because there tends to be this um, flip back. Right. So when Mm. you have a leader of one type, it's almost the hangover effect. People go to the like the more extreme version the other way who can still show that they've been successful. And I can't think of two personalities more different than Doug Ford and Skippy.
0: Corey, I'm going to stick with you for our next one. Two premiers on the list, two additional premiers, I should say, on the list. Would you rather be Corey Hogan, Daniel Smith, or would you rather be David Eby? Which premier would you want to, whose seat would you want to take, so to speak? You got Smith, who's
2: going to come up for re-election, and you got Eby, who's also going to come up for
0: re-election eventually. You're taking Eby.
2: Give me why. I'm taking Eby because I think ultimately, well, A, he's not coming up for re-election next year, so you get to be premier for longer. Right, B. Um, you are much more in sync with your province. You're not going to have an easy run. Like I, I think actually that it's going to be quite a competitive race in BC. But uh, you know, give credit to Horgan; he has really recreated the BC landscape to the point where the NDP look more like the default governing party of BC than the Liberals do. And, and so you've got a much better shot, I think, at maintaining that premiership. And even if you don't, you've got much more time to be premier the thing that um, Daniel Smith has is a very short runway and a very uncertain future. Now she could very well win and she uh, probably has better odds than a lot of people are giving her simply because of how the math works out between the cities and rural areas. And you, know, you can only win so much of Edmonton before you get all of the seats and every other vote is additive, right? You can only win so much mm-hmm. in downtown Calgary and it's not getting another seat. Um, but that said, she is deeply unpopular. She is going to have to deal with her caucus if she continues to be deeply unpopular, even before the election. And that election is an event horizon that it's hard to see past at this point. Because even if she manages to win it, I suspect she will have to win it by making concessions to the mainstream that is going to make her life more difficult after the election with her base.
0: Carter, I'm giving you the same choice. Eby, Smith. Smith. Who would you rather be? Whose seat would you rather be in?
1: Well, this is going to sound weird after I chose Pierre Pouliot in the last one, um, but I'd rather be uh, David Eby uh, because I'd like to have a soul. Just throwing that out there. I'd like to, you know, I think that Danielle Smith is, uh, you know, void of of any caring or you know, re- reason or rationale to be in in the premier's chair, um, and that scares the crap out of me. So hey, I don't think I can do what she's doing.
2: I, I, I forgot, I know you mentioned it earlier, but when did you work for Daniel Smith again? What year was that? It It's
1: 2010.
2: Oh, thank you so much, uh, Carter. <laughs>
0: Carter, Biden, DeSantis, whose, whose seat would you rather be in on a Flair Airlines flight? Who would you rather be? Would you embody the, the president for some strange reason as flying Flair Airlines? Maybe budget cuts cost a living. Or would you rather be Don't Ron DeSantis? Who would you rather be in the calendar year ending 2022, Stephen Carter, go.
1: I think I'd rather be Joe Biden, um, your president, which is good. Um, you're probably not going to be challenged going into the 2024 uh, primary structure, which is good. And uh, you get to be president into, you know, I think that DeSantis is just a weak version of Trump uh, who will be found out to be, you know, to be that. I mean, the commercial of him building his little wall with the kids, you know, it. it's he's not going to just get away from being the Trump. Trump light, um, and, and walk into victory. I think that just because no one has emerged yet as, uh, as the Jeb Bush of the 2024 race, uh, doesn't mean that Jeb mean, Bush doesn't step forward.
0: You mean the president,
2: like Jeb Bush, President Jeb Bush. Well, yeah, we got to reelect President Jeb Bush. <laughs> I don't know We're what selling like. shirts. shirts we're selling yeah. hats to that effect. The strategy yeah, does got to
1: move some of those because I can't keep them in my garage <laughs> much longer. Corey, uh, Joe
0: Biden seems like the obvious answer. Are you choosing Joe Biden or Ron no. DeSantis? I'm Who would you rather DeSantis. be? Of
2: course I'm picking DeSantis. Oh, my God. I'm picking DeSantis Seriously? for a bunch okay. of reasons. Yeah. Let's Seriously, start with biological. And you don't care? Let's start with biological. Yeah, Joe Biden is 80 years versus... old and DeSantis is 44. Let's start with, you know, future in their parties. DeSantis is the future of his party. Even if he's got to wait out Donald Trump, who's what, 76, 78, something like that? I don't even know. Um, he's going to be the next guy in the Republican Party. Everybody knows it. Everybody can see it. And uh, he represents a, uh, you know... A a power block in the United States that is growing, not shrinking. Joe Biden will be lucky to be nominee for the Democrats again, if he even wants to be. And um, yeah, for me, it's not a hard one at all. DeSantis has his future ahead of him. Joe Biden's got his future behind him.
0: Oh, very interesting. Corey, I'm going to wow. start with you for our last one. Would you I'm going to get two liberal cabinet ministers. Who would you rather be? Would you be the transport minister, Omar Al-Gabra, who's on a Flair Airlines flight in the middle seat, testing out transport, or would you rather be liberal cabinet minister Mary Ing? Both of them have run into different types of trouble. One on the passport filed this year, perhaps sort of shaky confidence in his abilities, marrying many calls for her to resign in the last couple of weeks. Which cabinet minister would you rather be Corey Hogan?
2: I would rather be Al Gabra because the passport matter is, as I was saying earlier, largely resolved. Memories are short for these kinds of things. You do have the opportunity to to rebuild your competence. Let's put it this way. The public in in my opinion, I'd be curious to hear Carter's too, is much more forgiving of like previous incompetencies than previous corruptions. And if they perceive uh, Mary Ng as being corrupt, that is going to be very difficult to shake. And that's the kind of thing that dogs you for a long time. It's very tough to, like, let's put it this way. Imagine it's 2030 and there's a heckler at a political debate. What do you think the heckler is going to get more, uh you know, currency with saying, yeah, are well, you going to give any contracts to your friends there, Mary? Or how's the passport office working, Omar? I mean, like that's going to be such ancient history at that point. Who the fuck's going to care on one of them? But one of them speaks to character. And the idea that you would be on the wrong side of ethics laws is, is not a good look ever. And, uh, I, you know, that's, that's tough to shake, even if you don't agree with the way the ethics laws are constructed. I know Stephen doesn't. I'm almost preempting him on this one. Yeah, Carter. Who would you rather be, Ing
1: or Al Gabra? Uh, I think you'd you'd much rather be Corey's laid out a perfect case uh, for Al Gabra. I mean, it's it's you know ethics versus incompetence, um, and Lord knows I've all I, I like Corey's. All I've always chosen incompetence. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think though that the problem is that we've written really dumb laws and whether it's a dumb law, like you can't be a lobbyist for X number of years after working in the, in the federal government, or whether it's the dumb law that you can't hire someone that you know, um, to be your, you know, your, your media relations professional. Um, you know, there are certain jobs you want to bring in someone who, you know, is loyal and and you can trust. And these laws are shit. So, um, marrying is going to be the latest to find out that, uh, Trying to win over general population by creating an ethics box that's so small that you can't operate in it uh, is just not a a great way to win over the voters.
0: I'm going to leave that segment there. That, of course, was the who would you rather be in the Flair Airlines middle seat. I'm going to move on to our final segment. Stephen Carter is the Flair Airlines New Year's resolutions. Of course, it's the final segment before our lightning round. I'm going to alternate between the two of you. You guys don't get a shot at each one. I'm going to start with you, Stephen Carter. Give it to me in a sentence or two. If you're Justin Trudeau making a New Year's resolution, what should it be?
1: Uh, I'm going to make better decisions faster.
0: Better decisions faster for Justin Trudeau. Corey, Pierre Polyev, you're making New Year's resolutions for him. What are they going to be? (sighs)
2: Shoot. Uh, I was just thinking about Trudeau and uh, how his resolution should be be prime minister-less. Pauly uh, Evs, I guess, in turn, could be be prime minister more. Oh, um, that.
0: it's that wit that we that we have yeah, you on here for Corey be prime minister Do You want to expand on that?
2: No, yeah. Look, I th- I think the actual thing he needs to do is uh, is be you, but be a more likable you. Like, don't change your entire character, but you you've got to work around. Like, you've got a way to frame yourself so that you can be. The way to think about it is this: y- you know, in the movie Dave. How Tony Stark uh, yeah. is just an yeah, absolute yeah. prick, uh, but everybody yeah. loves him for it. Find your Tony Stark. Find the way to be a, a prick that's an affable prick instead of, you know, the guy who, as I put last week, you know, maybe, or I guess it was on our Patreon. You don't need to be the guy everyone wants to have to beer with, but you need to be a guy who they're not going to leave the bar when they see you're in there.
0: Mm, nicely said. Carter, I've got you on Danielle Smith, Corey up deck, up on deck for you, just so you can prepare. Jig meet Singh. So Stephen Carter, Danielle Smith, as she writes her New Year's resolution, just a sentence or two, maybe, writes it on a piece of paper, folds it underneath, puts it in the bed, and said, This is my North Star for the 2023 calendar year. There's an election coming. Here is my resolution. It's either something I got to change, something I got to be better at, something I got to make sure I definitely do. What is it? If
1: you are Danielle Smith Carter, create policies for the eighty percent, not the twenty percent. You know, you're not running a uh, you're not running a leadership. You're running a general election, and the only way you're going to win the general election is if most people want to vote for you. So. There's all kinds of policies that are available in Alberta that will be, that 80% of Albertans would agree with. They're still not all going to vote for you. We you have a much better chance of winning Calgary if you start thinking about the 80%, not the
0: 20%. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we're hearing some things recently, some murmurs around where she could use the Sovereignty Act. And, you know, she might be putting CPP on the ballot as early as May. Things that certainly don't seem like 80% issues. Corey, Jugmeet Singh. He's got this deal with the, the Liberals. He's perhaps pushing forward some of the historical policies that the NDP have been desiring for decades. These could be considered wins, but he's also still the guy in, in the third-place
2: party. Jagmeet Singh, his New Year's resolution,
0: what should it be, Corey?
2: Yeah, um, I think I've, I've got a unique one here. It's create mm. policies for the 80%, not the 20%. You're not oh, running man, for that's NDP great. leader. You're running in a general election, and there are a lot of NDP policies that people will agree yeah. with that are going to have. Can you <laughs> you take notes? You just repeat that ahead. for me.
1: Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> can I clarify this <laughs> for both so of you?
0: Because there's a big. I mean, this. I don't want to make this a regular episode because this isn't. This is the uh, holiday spectacular. spectacular. However, yeah. yeah, that's why there was Before background we get the music lightning rather, yeah. not beautiful background music, yeah. Carter. You know, listen. You're not saying that Daniel Smith should do non-conservative things that just cater to the middle, and, and Corey, you're not saying Jugmeet Singh should do non-NDP things that cater to the middle. This is not adding water to your wine. That's not what either of you are suggesting, or uh, it's is choosing it? Choosing which clear.
2: bottle of wine
0: are you bringing out? Yeah, this is what's know? interesting. Can you can can you, could you expand on that a bit? Because I think there's a lot of conflation that people have, and perhaps even a lot of confusion to say. Does that mean that the NDP are doing out-of-type or, as Carter would say, non-type policies? Is that what this is for both parties, Daniel Smith or or, or Jagmeet Singh? Or is it something different, Corey, to to your point about the type of wine you're bringing to the party? Expand on that Yeah.
2: Well, it's what you're talking about. It's what you're putting in the window. and It's what you're allowing the rest of your party to put in the window as well. Um, Okay, let's put it this way. Taxing the rich? Pretty popular. Spending it on social programs, pretty popular. Raising a minimum wage, even a federal minimum wage that doesn't affect a lot of people, pretty popular. Do these things, uh, build an overall package of you being there for, you know, everyday Canadians and assisting them with the various things that are going on in their lives. Things that are less popular. Uh, you know, anytime you take a strong position on animal cruelty, listen, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian, but I'm going to tell you right now that shit doesn't fly with a lot of people. Uh, you can consider as well, uh, your, your, uh, you know, social justice, your social equity. Pick the ones that really matter to you and consider the ones that are going to come off to many Canadians, even if you feel them sincerely as a performative or out of step with where they are. Focus on the things that people universally agree with uh, that are very, very popular and not the stuff that seems different and scary to a lot of like the, you know, the median voters in areas like Brampton that are voting for Patrick Brown, areas like Hamilton that are voting for Andrea Horvath, you know, you've got to find... um you, you've got to find a way to just pick what's working for you and amplify that rather than diluting it with a bunch of other stuff, which is going to come off as much less popular. And, you know, I mean, it's so difficult to have this conversation without actually just sounding like an asshole or even saying things I don't agree with. Right. But I think, for example, about how at the NDP federal convention, how badly derailed they got because I think there wasn't like a sign language interpreter for a while. Do you remember this? Mm, is this I, do, bell? I do. I do. Yeah, this wasn't. Yeah, Um, I remember this a bit. Yeah, yeah, and so it's important. Accessibility is super important. Um, But what I found, you know, there as well is like this was not an expectation anybody had of like a political convention. Five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe you should have, but you are the NDP, you are the vanguard. And you've got to think about how the, you know, the bleeding edge is scary to people. And so think about the things that people have thought about and put those in the window and be very conscious about the type of party you're presenting yourself as.
0: Carter, you want to add anything to that? This is less about the NDP. Corey gave a good example. It's kind of both of your points kind of converged on this, right? Two things that are for the 80%. I think often what people think is that that means diluting what you believe in, even if you sit uh, on one of the polls, so to speak, because there's still things that people on the left and people on the right believe in that could be popular with a large swath of people. Anything to close that out before I go to our over, under, and our lightning round, Stephen Carter?
1: No, I just... Uh, I. Really grateful for Corey for sharing that piece of wisdom about the eighty percent, not the twenty percent. Thank well, yeah, you, Corey, I mean, but... so much. I. I, I
0: think we all are. think we all are. Right. Let's move it to our our, our final segment: our over/under in our lightning round. Stephen Carter, we do this for you even on the holiday spectacular. Oh my God, we start here. Stephen Carter, biggest yep. surprise for the twenty twenty two year could be a political party, could be a political moment, could be a political person, leader, candidate, anything. I'll give you a wide berth. The biggest surprise for you in politics in twenty twenty two.
1: Well, I mean, it has to be that uh, Andrea Horvath, Patrick Brown, and uh, Stephen Del Duca um, actually won their mayor's races. I mean, that is shocking. I am taken aback. So th- that was a big surprise for me. I did not have that in my win category.
0: Angela, Phil, and Dave, they, they did it. Uh, they they yeah. really did it. Right, Corey, the biggest political surprise for you in 2022. What was it?
2: Yeah, I'm going to leave domestic again and just say uh, Europe and Canada and the United States unifying against Russia and just how rapidly those sanctions escalated. That was really surprising to me when that happened. Good surprise, but a surprise. I didn't think we would get where we got.
1: Yeah, I Boy, mean, if I was going to yeah. go with a more serious international one, I'd say that Bolsonaro not challenging his election in Brazil. Uh,
0: Bolsonaro losing another guy that uh, Carter's uh, mispronounced. Uh, nicely done, Carter. Um, I, you know, right? I, Well, people can check back on the tape. Corey, I'm going to stick with you. Biggest political disappointment for you in 2022? Once again, could be a candidate, a politician, a political party, a key moment. Your biggest disappointment in politics in 2022?
2: We started this show with him. It wasn't the start, but it was pretty early on. Jean Charest. Jean Charest hmm. was the biggest political disappointment of 2022, and um, part of that was just he was not the man for the moment. But has anybody ever come in with like more expectation and underperformed so badly? And even when you started adjusting on a curve and being like, "Well, he's going to lose, but at least he will represent a more moderate conservative voice," getting absolutely crushed in the vote—biggest disappointment of 2022. Uh, for sure. Uh, biggest disappointment in terms of his own personal performance. Biggest disappointment for what it says in terms of, uh, you know, people's openness to those kinds of views in the modern Conservative Party. It's a Disappointment all around. Carter? Corey goes with Jean Charest. Who is your biggest political disappointment of
0: 2022?
1: Um, I'm going to go with uh, what is my political disappointment? I think mm-hmm. the Sovereignty Act in Alberta and the uh, Saskatchewan First act i mean i think that it's one thing to actually
2: camp that's my answer now it's like the 80 percent thing it's
1: yeah i think it's one thing to campaign against these federal you know the the provincial versus the federal or the the municipal against the provincial but to enact it into legislation and uh really start to tear the potentially um tear the country apart is uh man you're playing with fire i mean do you really want that to be your legacy
2: cory did you want to jump in on this yeah, I I think that's the right answer. I want to change my answer. Jean-Charles, congratulations. You are the second biggest disappointment of 2022. Still on the podium though, my friend. Um the the sovereignty act is is so obvious. I feel like it's a massive miss that I didn't throw it out there. The the idea that we are now playing so fast and loose with our country. This is an amazing country. You know, it's it's about as good as they get and Absolutely. we are treating it like absolute garbage. We are risking something truly incredible with all of this, uh, you know, monkeying around, um, uh, with this revisionist history, uh, this pretending about what was the history of the province of Alberta acting as though we are not a province, but a nation in our own right. And, um, and we're risking it. We're risking a lot. We're risking a lot that I don't want to risk. And uh, we're risking it based on a misreading of history, a misreading of facts, and, and frankly, kind of a smallness that suggests that Confederation is supposed to be this calculation uh, where the inputs and the outputs need to balance, right? Mm. But it's not. It's not an economic transaction. It's It's bigger than that. And we are supposed to take like a multi-century view of a country like Canada and there are going to be centuries where Alberta is up and there will be centuries where Alberta is down, but we're all supposed to be in this together and that we would be acting in this moment in this way is so deeply, deeply disappointing to me. Um, It might be the biggest disappointment that I can think of in politics in my lifetime.
1: So so now that you've jumped onto my answer, are you willing to look back at my answers a little bit more favorably in the whole white guy, white Christmas thing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, we're not. No, that is... willing that's to give you the about. full point for uh, Justice, Justice Brown.
1: Yes! Yeah,
0: and we'll, we'll give you... Justice Jackson. And sorry. on behalf of uh, <laughs> all Brown people, we will give you Ravi Sunek. Uh, Thank you. you. still didn't win. Um, yeah. Carter, Carter, I'm going to start with you. You know, they, they say politicians um, really are, are secondary to the pundits. So Stephen Carter, the best pundit... Of 2022, who was that?
1: Um, I don't want to give her this because she annoys me. Uh, Althea Raj is a great pundit. I think that she's supposed to be a media person, <laughs> which is probably why I don't want to give it to her. But she's she's she brings a lot of insight. Um, if it wasn't her, it probably would be Tim. Come on, Tim. What's Tim's last name in New Powers? Tim Powers. He's always been a straight shooter. Never takes the party line. Uh, and I quite like that about him, and I would have given it to Amanda Alvero, except uh, she's the other half of the ethics violation in the Mary Ng situation, so she can't get it.
0: Uh, Corey, I was, I was uh, deeply surprised Stephen Carter didn't give it to himself. Uh, that was a question Taylor made for we were Stephen Carter to celebrate. We to celebrate. We were only we <laughs> we record that? a podcast all the fucking time. We were are you in that? Are you new? What is wrong with you? We're this is quite tailor made. Pundit,
1: I'm uh, Taylor right made off. Taylor made
2: Taylor made Corey the best pundit of 2022. Well, you know whoever that Zane Velji guy is stealing sound bites from that that person oh. or those two people, they seem really smart to me. They yeah. they seem like they've got an awful lot going on. Yeah. Uh, Valji's just other two that... white people in a trench coat. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, my actual answer might might be Andrew Coyne. I I've always appreciated yeah. Coyne Ooh, and yeah. his kind of opinionated uh but principled takes on these he's never a contrarian for the sake of contrarianism he's got a clear ideology and philosophy and he's he's rigid in his worldview in a way that makes his columns very honest right yeah. um and you know he is a he's a small c conservative who uh, has a conservative critique of the current order which i really really appreciate it always makes me think about things a little bit differently but,
1: but like althea raj i think that both of them would reject the idea that they're pundits you know
2: but well, i don't know how coin rejects it but yeah
1: well I, both I, of I, them i i think that, that makes I'll, sense. S- I'll i'll skip what worst pundit because we
0: know who that all is we can just uh whisper it to ourselves um who the worst pundit is and we'll just do it right now um perfect okay great we've we've done it Yeah, did you want to do that for all of us. Do you want to just do the survey?
2: No, I, I don't think he's a pundit because he hasn't been on CBC in a while. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's a really
1: good point. Hang on, are you talking about me? You? We're going to <laughs> no, no, no. go with, <laughs>
2: Corey,
0: I'm going to start with you. The biggest loser of 2022. You can expect what's next, but let's round this show out. The biggest political loser of 2022. In this case, I am going with a person. I, I'm not going to expand the scope to policy. I'm not going to expand the scope to yeah. party. Which individual
2: is the politi- biggest political loser? We'll do winner right after that. Corey, we'll start with you. Uh, I. There's two people that immediately come to mind, right? Is it, uh, is it Donald Trump with all of his various mm-hmm. legal woes, with the fact that his party is now turning against him, his emperor has no clothes moment that was the U.S. midterm election. Maybe. Is it Jason Kenney waiting in line to see a dead body in his last days as being Premier of Alberta? <coughs> Jesus. Maybe. I, I do think ultimately Donald Trump is the biggest loser because he, he his loss is at on such scale and Donald Trump, his... His fall has been um, you know, so foretold for so long. And the fact we actually see it feels like it's uh, you know, like book seven, part two of the movie Dave. Like we finally got oh, there. Beautiful and book. Did it need to be as long? Probably not, but here we are.
0: Classic Dave.
2: Carter, biggest
0: political loser of twenty twenty two, who is it? Corey says Trump or Kenny, you say?
1: Listen, I like Trump and Kenny as the biggest political losers. I also like the 4.444 million Albertans that thought they would get a better premier by getting rid of Jason Kenny. uh, And in in fact, we're just fed Danielle Smith. But I think, and I think you guys will agree with me, the biggest political loser of 2022 is the (laughs) Hurley (laughs) Burley. Jesus
0: (laughs) Christ, Carter. Um, <laughs> Carter, i yeah. will give you a shot of redemption. That's what oh, life okay. is about. Happy holidays! Biggest happy holidays, indeed. Yeah, Jesus, this is about throwing flowers, not shade, Carter. Biggest okay. political winner of twenty twenty two, Stephen Carter, round us out or start rounding us out. The biggest political winner of this calendar year is
1: the one thousand people who pony up money for to get the Strategist podcast on Patreon. Those people are the true winners because they get twice as much content as they get on this podcast uh, without having to listen to the flair promotional uh, stuff, which is very, very, very good for them. So I think that I think they're the biggest political winners of, of 2022. I don't know how Corey, Corey could the, argue.
0: Corey, the the biggest political winner of 2022. You notice that winner isn't plural. So Carter, of course, broke the rules. Who is the biggest political winner of 2022? And Carter, I'm going to come back to you for your real okay. answer. I'm not going to let okay. you get away with that.
2: Well, it's, it's either um, the thousand people that Stephen Carter mentioned, or if we can only pick one, I guess I randomly assign victory to one of them. I, I think that's probably what I'll do. Please.
0: Yeah. You've done so well. You've done so well up until this point. Don't fuck this over. Biggest political winner of 2022, Stephen Carter. Who is it?
1: Mark Carney. He what? doesn't have to be prime minister of Canada, and he got to leave the Bank of England. I I count all of those as as, as giant victories.
0: Corey Hogan, biggest
2: political winner
0: of 2022.
2: Don't let the people down. Give us a real response. I think that the the one person uh, of the 1,000, who I assume is listening, so I can be my answer for both, is probably Joe Biden. You know, as L-M. much as I was giving him a hard time and I'm saying his I future past. I see
1: his name on the Patreon list. I thought that they would have called Nazis to get the link.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is so also extremely strange. I don't I don't mean to like dox him. Very strange he uses a Hotmail email address.
1: <sighs> yeah. Come on. How long has he had that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Back in uh, the day
1: it was it was easier to get Hotmail. Uh Hotmail. Now um you know, big swinging dick at hotmail.com did seem a bit weird, but...
0: Okay, our time has come. That is it. That's a wrap on the strategist Holiday Spectacular brought to you by Flair Airlines. My name is Zane Belcher. With me, as always, your flight attendants, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter, and we will see you in the new...